Welcome to another installment of Cracking Open, the podcast brought to you by the Sage Circle. In this series, I interview Sage Circle members to find out about their intuitive journey and development. Today's guest is Day, a lifelong intuitive explorer. Day shares with us how his intuition opened through a series of life experiences that were simply meant to be. He also discusses the role guilt plays with intuition and how in this moment, you are okay. Let's jump into Cracking Open. This podcast is brought to you by The Sage Method, the most comprehensive and down-to-earth intuitive development training available. Is this your year? Is it finally your time to increase your intuition, bring in more abundance, and experience the bliss you deserve? If yes, then join thousands of students across the world for a seven-week journey to uncover your natural, beautiful, and strong intuition. Visit us at thesagemethod.com for more information. Welcome back to another episode of Cracking Open the Podcast. Today, my guest is Day. Hi, Day. Hello. Good to see you, Bo. (laughs) Good to have you on here. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Uh, As a fellow Circle member and contributor and editor, I mean, there's so much uh, that you play as a role in this group. I am beyond excited to have you here today. So let's jump in. Tell me about your intuition. When did you, when did it open? When did you first start becoming aware of it? What was your journey? Oh, let's see. Uh, I think, you know, it's kind of hard. It's not like uh, I didn't crack open per se, um, like some people we know (laughs) at a later date. Uh, I think I've always sort of had that um, inclination, even from my earliest, earliest memories. you know, I was very aware of things even before I could walk. You know, I remember walking out, I mean, crawling out of a bed where I'd been put down to to nap and open, through a little open window and onto the fire escape in New York City and climbing up, a, you know, having my mother come grab me. And I was thinking, wow, this is a great view out here. And, you know, and she was freaked out, of course, but, and that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I did have... Uh, a lot of um, lucid dreaming, very much so, and very aware of the transition from dream back to the 3D reality, the physical reality, and having such a great time in the dream. And I, I tried so many times to just keep that dream coming. I, if I could wake up and still be here, that would be so great. Wow, oh, darn, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, being put, uh, on the bed for a nap and uh, floating up from the bed and going through the, the ceiling and seeing the rafters and going through the shingles and then being on top of the, the house. And uh, this is probably about age three. And this happened several, several times. And every, the neighborhood looked the same, but it was in a different quality of light. And uh, I knew from there I could go anywhere and do anything I wanted. And uh, I don't have a lot of clear memories of where I did go, but I remember being able to fly and doing stuff like that. So, you know, that type of thing was sort of with me and the idea of, of um, more to life than what we see on the surface was just sort of inculcated in me from an early, early experience. So, um, I was always very interested in all of that. And um, 
I was uh, great friends with my grandmother who uh, was very much into this stuff. She and my grandfather um, who died when I was quite young before I even really met him. Um, they had this wonderful love affair and they just loved each other for the moment they met through, you know, through everything. And so when he died early for her, um, her interest in the afterlife was very, very strong. And so she was always reading books about that. And we talked about all kinds of stuff and she was always making little notes. And um, so that kind of opened up some things for me as well. So I always had um, that interest and I was always inquiring as to why is this? Why, what is it? What's, okay, great. We've got, we've got, uh, atoms okay so what are the atoms in okay so they're energy so what there's energy wave so what is waving what is what's behind the scenes what's behind the curtains i was always trying to to see that so i think it's just kind of a natural uh tendency to always look behind the surface and um you know i think i'm pretty smart but i didn't do very well uh academically barely made it through high school. Um, and I think probably if, uh, if it were today, I probably would have been diagnosed with some sort of learning thing or something like that. It's just that sort of structured thing didn't really uh, mesh with me very well. And uh, somehow I got into college and had one fun-filled year before I uh, uh, tuned in, turned on, and dropped out. And so, and that led to some psychedelic experiences back in the 60s. Um, and those were enjoyable, but again, the intent was always for seeing beyond. You know, I oh, even at a young, as a young fellow, I was like, what, what's really going on? Had some pretty elevating experiences with that. And, uh, you know, listening to rock music and the who, who were great devotees of Meher Baba, you know, sort of introduced me to um, Eastern spirituality. And so I really dug into those things and read and looked, you know, the Upanishads and the early Christians and Buddhism and, you know, even Thomas Merton and all these, what's really going on here? And um, it never really, never could quite understand why somebody would want unity. If, if you're the same as everything else, well, what fun is that? I mean, how could you even pick up a telephone? You know, I couldn't quite get it. And, um, and then um, I was always sort of open to serendipity and um, what we might call signs. I read signs in life as long as I can remember. Okay, oh, this is, uh, this is something. And then recognizing something very strong as opposed to just a regular experience. And um, in 71, I found Transcendental Meditation, which was the thing for me. Um, uh, I think it's a great, great foundation for anybody. Um, very profound. And when I learned that, I remember the very first time I was instructed, uh, I went into my first meditation and Zoom, pure consciousness, was just a moment 
you know, 20 minutes or so had gone by, I said, oh, and I came back with this understanding that, oh, I see. This is the experience that uh, all of these informations that I've been looking at are pointing at. And so it's all that, that same thing. They're just coming at it from a different point of view. And then having had that experience, then you know, my further inquiries um, became that much richer because I could really see what was being said. And then as my, um, you know, they, you call it a practice and particularly with, with TM, uh, Transcendental Meditation, it's not like you have to practice to learn how to do it well. You do it well right from the beginning. It's so simple and natural and it's just so comfortable. Um, but the, the practice of it sort of layers upon itself and you bring more of that experience to the fore. And so uh, that became very foundational for me, you know, and it dropped off all of these other things and allowed me my um, further inquiry into the nature of existence and, um, and seemed to accelerate kind of the way I was unfolding. It was very important for me. I actually ended up um, going to Europe for six months to learn how to be a teacher of TM and I taught it for many years. Um, and I remember one time in the early days when I was just walking along and all of a sudden, it was like my, I shifted like one degree to the right, you know, just er, my whole perception just went er, shifted and I saw everything in a slightly different way. So um, it's just been sort of a continuum and uh, enjoyable. And yeah, I mean, look, I live in life and I've had my ups and downs and um, heartaches and stumbles and stupidities and everything else like everybody else has. But, um, uh, you know, some of those experiences uh, have had the time to mature into some wisdom and some understanding and some feelings of grace for everyone else around, you know. So it, I think that that initial experience that I referred to when I first transcended um, really drove home to me the importance of experience, of not just looking for answers in somebody else's ideas or you know, some information that you read in a book, um, but really finding a way to have the experience. And then, then that outer exploration just becomes a stepping stone that leads you to another question that you bring inside, find some resolution or, and then take the next step or a confirmational thing. So it's just a very, if we can be easy with ourselves, I think, and just allow the process to unfold. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Bo, and what, what the, you're doing with the Sage Circle and everything is your emphasis on giving people the tools to have their own inner experience. Um, I think we really, we, the time is really ripe to, uh, to go there. You know, I mean, a lot of us have been 
uh, on the journey for a long time. Um, and there's some incredible people in the group that just amaze me. Um, and I think we're all here to enhance that experience for each other. And absolutely. Uh, yeah. absolutely. So you've been a lifelong explorer. I mean, this has just been part of part of your path from birth, it sounds like. And it also, what I'm hearing is that as time goes on, when timing was right, you were introduced to the things that opened you further and further and further. Like Bo Maxwell in the Sage Circle. <laughs> like right. the Sage Circle. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Well, tell me about uh, one intuitive experience you had that really changed you or, or challenged you. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of quick change ones. Um, the challenge ones, the challenge one is an ongoing process where I'm constantly, my 3D self is constantly challenging my expanded self and, and vice versa. So that, that's an ongoing thing. But um, I remember, you know, back when I was trying to figure things out and this is probably just before I learned TM actually. I was living in Northern Vermont. Uh, I was in my uh, early twenties and it was uh, late summer, time to, time to um, uh, cut firewood. So a bunch of us were in a pickup truck and I was bouncing along in the back. Um, and uh, we we're gonna go out and find dead wood, you know, bring it back for firewood, put it up. Uh, and as usual, my mind was just sort of going and uh, in, along these lines, because that's sort of just the way it's built. Um, but a few weeks prior, I had made an, a conscious intention. I said, I want to live by intuition. You know, and you know, you have sort of expanded the definition of intuition for me and others I know. Um, at that point, it was like, you know, well, women's intuition, you know, so you kind of know what's going to happen, or you kind of know what the right next step is, you know, which in one sense is, seems a little bit limited to, um, you know, the, the more expanded definition of intuition that we might have here in the sage circle, but at this, but actually that's the expanded version is just spontaneously taking the right next step for yourself. Anyway, I had the intention to do that and just was really seeing if I could feel things through as opposed to just trying to figure things out. But this idea popped up. I said, why would even anyone want to go through all of this? You know, what to go to find this unity, this elusive thing. And I looked up and it was late afternoon and the uh, sun was going down behind one of the mountains and illuminating the leaves that were quaking on the top of this tree and they just glowed gold. And I was just thrilled to my core. And it was sort of what I call now uh, a self-validating experience where I had knowledge. I said, oh, the further along you go, the more beautiful it becomes. 
And there is this light that we all are. And I'd kind of known about this thing, but I had this experience and it was sort of external thing, but it triggered that inner knowing. So that really thrilled me and was just another step that kind of prepared me for understanding higher states of consciousness and all of that. Um, then the other thing that really changed me, and I think it's a theme that I think is important to understand, um, which I'll mention when I get to the end of this little story, is um, probably around the same time I read Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, mm -hmm. great book. And there's some parts in that that'll just sort of give you chills, you know, and some of the connectivity that is on in there. And I remember when he talked about the, uh, I guess the guru of gurus or whatever, the master of masters, Babaji, and he had this crew of people that cruised around with him and they, would, they were living in another level, another dimension, and they would materialize and take care of a situation that needed taken care of. And then they just disappear again and they go off into their own dimension and then they'd come again. And in this group, were just regular people. You know, there was this surfer guy who'd gone to India and become enlightened. And then there was this other, and I thought, wow, wouldn't that be great? Gee, just to have, be part of a group like that. Yeah, okay, here we go. Just a quick sidebar, you know, the group, the sage group, right? Wouldn't that be just great? Oh God, that's how could how could I possibly even be anything like that? Okay, fast forward several decades, 2012 probably. Um, I have an experience in that gap between waking and dreaming, and I've had several of these. We won't go into all of them, obviously, but. You know, you get to know the difference between a dream and an ethereal experience, right? So I was introduced, this, this wonderful, sweet, gray-haired lady, uh, very much, very strong authority, but very loving, sort of said, welcome, and introduced me to the, a bunch of other souls they were all kind of living in a tree. I mean, I don't know what that meant, but that's just sort of the imagery that it was, right? Mm -hmm. And they were all, it, you could sense that they were sort of at different levels of experience and evolution. But they said, you're on your way. You're part of the group. We're all here for you. We're cheering you on. It's all good. Um, and you know, I, I don't feel like I was necessarily an apprentice, but they recognized me as an aspirant and that we were all in it together. And I just was so, said, thank you so much. And then this one fellow pops out from behind the tree and he said, that's the most important thing, meaning the gratitude. Yeah. And it was so great because, you know, it connected that dot from several decades prior and knowing that that's always been there anyway, whether I could recognize it or not. And I haven't still yet got to the point where I'm in constant communication and you know lounging around and eating potato chips with them all and all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was just this little 
little touch say, okay, okay. So that gave me great comfort and realized, you know, that question of, oh, how can I ever get to this thing? Well, it's there, it's there. And uh, so that led me to some other things. I actually found out who the gray haired lady was. She was this lady named Pearl um, and pointed me to some books to read by another fellow. I, it was really quite interesting, the whole, the whole thing. So I think, I think that was a big experience, very confirmational. And the, and the fact that there was such a gap in between really gave me great mm, comfort, I guess, because you know that you're always on the road no matter what, no matter what you're experiencing at that any given moment. Those strike me as very impactful. Yep. Almost, almost as if they're also simultaneously putting some pieces together for you, uh, but also opening up another door for you at the same time. Yes. Well, see, that's the, that's exactly right. And that's why, you know, when I was talking before about knowledge and experience, they go hand in hand or step by step. You know, you gain a little knowledge, brings you to some experience, you know, which takes you to the next bit of knowledge, you gain some more experience. It's just, you know, back and forth and they support each other. And we don't want to get lost in any one of them. Absolutely. It's so, a continuum. Lifelong journey. Yep. These amazing things uh, shift, change, happen. Uh, pieces come together, doors open for you. Mm -hmm. What positive results do you feel strongly that you experience today because of continually pursuing this path? Um, positive results. Well, I think, <laughs> how can you separate the two? I don't know. It's sort of, uh, that is the positive benefit is is consciously i guess i guess being so grateful to be awake enough to know that i'm doing it or that it is happening put it that way um and you know it's just uh, it's just an, an ever ever onward process and to know that we're kind of i'm kind of on the way home you know and and be happy that way um, I've come to kind of understand that, you know, the, there is the, uh, the uh, road from singularity through duality. Mm -hmm. And then there's, then there, the boomerang starts to come back. And then you go from the duality on your way back to the singularity. And, um, and you don't know that for a while, but then there comes a time when, oh, you know, here we go. All right, look at, look at where we've been, look at what we've done, you know, and, and we're still, and we're heading home now, and that's exciting, and you get excited, but you're still enjoying the journey. You know, you love being out there. I mean, I'm, I love physically traveling. I love, you know, I've lived and worked all around the world and stuff like that, um, and I've lived life a lot with its, all its worldly pleasures. And, um, you know, you talk about Maya, 
the Maya isn't that this 3D reality isn't real and that the absolute and spiritual quote unquote is the real. The Maya or the ignorance is that there's a difference between the two of them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just this, it's all the same thing. And here we are, hallelujah. Here we are. <laughs> well, I would like to, I really would like to ask you the question about what aspect of the sage circle feeds you the most. And I want to ask that question because you have so much lifetime experience and you've had so many uh, incredible openings and awakenings. And here we are today and you're a part of the community what part of the community works the best for you? Um, all of it in different ways, I'd have to say. Um, uh, you and what you're doing, your mission to bring, um, bring the idea of more of life to people's experience, uh, your book cracking open, um, you know, great story. I think stories, our own, you know, sharing our stories, which is why these podcasts are really, really cool, because we get to hear other people's stories and say, oh, okay, you know, this is something I haven't considered. And I've, I've had some of those listening to the other people talk. Um, and for me, um, you know, my mind is all over the place and my experience is all over the place. So the fact that you put together the course and the courses um, uh, gives me the opportunity to say, okay, okay, here's a, okay, here's a step, here's a step, here's a thing that I can do and sort of not be flailing quite so much. And then um, um, take the resulting experience onto the next, the next thing um and then i think that that the um the group itself you know the sage circle is is really really timely and really important because uh there's so much love in the group and everybody just helps each other come on people we just got to help each other there's so much baloney in the world oh my god and here's this safe little space and hopefully a bigger and bigger space as time goes on where people can be who they are, ask their questions, explain their situations, talk about stuff and get useful um, communication and not just information, but you know, love and support and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's important to have that group. And, you know, I think it's, uh, it's cool that you're having, I forget what you call it, where the sort of the, the different groups, you know, the different you know, oh, the, a person, club. the clubs and all that kind of stuff. Because here's the thing. We don't need another religion. No. We don't need another organization. Hello. This is the time for us to be ourselves and to be our own guru. You know, this is the time to really unfold who we are. And so you, with the help of the guides and the powers that be and timing and whoever, whatever else we know, put together this... Um, this rarefied community where everybody can be their own individual yet yes. still together mm -hmm. and then break out into 
uh, areas of common interest and maybe float from one to another. You and know? local chapters yeah. too, right. just to be able to connect with somebody you know, near you and right. establish yeah. that local community as well. But to be part of clubs that you know, really feed you, that excites me. My, I love the love in the group. Yeah. That's, I, I really thrive on that. So even a day off for me, I still pop into the group for my sure. own self. <laughs> right. Well, you can't have a day off from who you are. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> well, I would love to ask one last question of you. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear the answer. Okay. What is one piece of advice you would give to others walking on their spiritual path? Um, don't be in a rush. Um, you know, it's an infinite continuity. You know, it's a continuum. And we've been so many places already, and there's so many places more to go. And just focus on yourself. Don't worry about other people. Uh, and really, really get to love yourself. Um, banish guilt from your experience. I know this is more than one thing, but I think it all lumps together. I think it's, <laughs> I'm open and welcoming of it, absolutely, because we have so much to learn from you. Oh, from each other, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I feel so, I, I feel kind of, I don't know what the exact word is. I, I probably think that it's a common word, but, you know, some compassion, I guess, for people who feel guilty about doing stuff. Don't ever feel guilty about doing anything. Hello. I mean, just because you're in this body and this lifetime, that does not define who you are. You know, I mean, you've been, I mean, you've done some, I mean, I know even in this lifetime, I've done some stupid things, but we won't go there. But uh, I know in previous lifetimes, I've done some pretty bad things as well, but that doesn't define who I am. What defines who you are is who you are right now. I mean, right now. Oh, no, wait, right now. Oh, right now. You know, so just, just enjoy the ride, you know, because we're all in this together. Um, I, I think two key words, I think, are really important, and they're, they're kind of things that I always come back to. One is perspective, and the other is context. So a lot of what we beat, our, beat ourselves up about uh, are because that we take that behavior or that idea or whatever it is in the context of society or what we see and what is success and what is the right thing and what does he think and what does she think and what it, that's irrelevant. It, that, you know, the context is you and your spiritual unfoldment, your spiritual journey, just like everyone else is. And then perspective is again that continuum. I mean, this we're just a this lifetime is just a blip on the radar, but when you're in the blip, I mean, what that's that's where you are. So, I think what we're really called to do is uh, to love no matter what. 
and love even those who seem to be unlovable. And boy, don't there seem to be some of them out there. <laughs> but the point is, they're not out there. They're all part of who we are. They're, you know, so the battle, if you want to call it a battle, or the, the challenge is all inside. Everything, bring it back, bring it back home, bring it back in, take care of it. What is, what's going on in me that, that is creating this perception that there's something wrong out there? So I guess I'll just leave it at um, a saying that, I, that came to me one time, and I think it's a good thing to do. Uh, every day, just love as much as you can, as much as you can. And that's all you have to do. If you can't love too much that day, that you, you, you already did it. You did it. You loved as much as you can, as much as you can that day. I love that. I love that. That is a beautiful way to end this really wonderful gathering. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being on here with us. It's been fun. I love it. I love you too. <laughs> love you, Jay. Thank you.